Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. Oh my goodness, I am loving this life, this year. I am on fire. I really am on fire with spirit, with truth. I feel so ignited, and I'm so happy to get to share with you. Yay! It's been a very busy time for me, so it's nice to settle into this opportunity to connect and transcend time and space together. I'm going to place my hand on my heart and say a blessing for us, so... Taking that breath of love and gratitude, so very grateful and thankful that infinite intelligence is what we are. Eternal love is what we are. Perfection, wholeness, magnificence, this is what we are. It's what we always have been and always will be. We're grateful to come together and to recognize the truth, to have realizations of truth and to remember and value the truth. We are consciously opening ourselves to insight, wisdom, clarity, inspiration, divine downloads, and sharing the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Mm, so good and sweet. So uh, I think part of why I'm on fire is I I just keep doing the things that Spirit gives me to do, and it feels so productive. Sometimes people ask me to create a... Sometimes I'll be working with a consultant or something regarding the ministry, and they'll ask me for a plan for the years to come. And... I feel that there is a divine plan within me that is being revealed to me at the perfect pace, and I am following along with that guidance, and I do not wish to make things up from my intellect and pursue them from my intellect. I really love living this heart-centered, heart-inspired way. And uh, it's exciting. So uh, the the thing that I got led to for us this time is Lesson 167 in the workbook, which is entitled, There is One Life, and That I Share with God. It says, there are not different kinds of life, for life is like the truth. It does not have degrees. Now, to me, this is so important to understand. It's actually been a healing for my mind to understand this. So uh, what I remember was back in the 90s, I really caught, I heard Michael Beckwith say, nobody has their own version of the truth. The truth is the same truth for everybody. You know, because people will say, well, my truth is, or here's what's true for me. And uh, there's nothing wrong with saying that, and I don't want to disparage anybody who does. But in fact, truth is eternal, and it applies to everyone the same. And we all have the same truth, or it's something else. So when people say, well, my truth is, 
they're saying my perspective is, my feelings are, what's important to me is, and, and they're just saying it in that way. So I wouldn't want to hate on anyone who says that kind of a thing. It's not wrong or bad, but I think it's important for us as truth students not to use truth in that way. So, but to to hold that the truth is true for everyone. It's the eternal truth. It's unchanging, and it's not subjective, right? So it's the same for everyone all the time. So here's how I used it to heal my mind, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but it's like, well, if it if I think it's true for me, then it has to be true for everyone because I don't have my own personal version of the truth. So here's an example. I, if I heard myself think a thought like, life is hard, well, is it hard for everyone? Or does it just feel hard to me? Is it hard for some but not for all? If that's true, then... If it's true for everyone that life is hard, then that's truth. If it's not true for everyone all the time, then it's not truth. If it's not truth, I'm no longer interested in it. The truth sets us free. The truth is our liberator. So let me value the truth and discard the false. It's true that sometimes life seems hard because of the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm thinking about it, what I believe. But that doesn't make it hard for everyone all the time. Therefore, life is not empirically hard. It just seems hard some of the time to some of the people. And maybe for some of the people, it seems hard all the time, but not for everyone. So... Life isn't actually hard. It just seems hard some of the time. So being able to, when I thought, when I would hear my thoughts, I would recognize my thoughts as declarative statements that were negative, uh, like life is hard or I'm not good enough, something's wrong with me. Uh, people don't like me, or um, I, no matter what I do, I can't seem to, blah, blah, fill in the blank. Those kinds of statements, I'd say, well, if that's true, then it has to be true for everyone all the time. Is it true for everyone all the time? And then I think, well, is it true for the Dalai Lama? Is it true for Michael Beckwith? Is it true for, you know, who fill in the blank, whoever you would like to look at it uh, with. And that really helped me to say, these things are not true. These are just thoughts that I have, beliefs that I have, but they're not true. Therefore, I can discard them. I can disconnect from them. So that's precisely the kind of thing I'm talking about when I'm talking about releasing attachments releasing attachments to beliefs, and all beliefs magnetize into our awareness thoughts that are congruent with them. So if we want to unhook from them, tell it the truth. That was one of the things I just learned. If you your thinking is making you unhappy, tell it the truth. Tell yourself the truth. That's how we liberate, and it really worked for me. So, Lesson 167, there is one life, and that I share with God. There are not different kinds of life, for life is like the truth. It does not have degrees. It is the one condition which, in which all that God created share. So, in Masterful Living classes this year, I've been saying our focus is that I am part of God and therefore all there is is part of me. 
I am part of God, which is all there is. Therefore, all there is is part of me. So I am part of God, which is all there is. Therefore, all there is is part of me. Because we are retraining our mind to remember that we are not separate. We're accepting the atonement for ourselves. So we're accepting the unity of all life for ourselves. This is what we're doing. And so it's important for us to keep looking at it every day and never to lose sight of it. So there are not different kinds of life, for life is like the truth. It does not have degrees. It is the one condition in which all that God created share. Like all God's thoughts, it has no opposite. Truth has no opposite. There is no death. And this one life has no opposite. There is no death because what God created shares God's life. There is no death because an opposite to God does not exist. There is no death because the Father and the Son are one. In this world, there appears to be a state that is life's opposite. You call it death. Yet, we have learned that the idea of death takes many forms. It is the one idea which underlies all feelings that are not supremely happy. It is the one idea which underlies all feelings. And I think um, he's also meaning emotions here, really, that are not supremely happy. And I'll just mention, I've, I've talked about this in previous episodes, um, probably not in a while, but I, Ernest Holmes made the distinction between feelings and emotions, which I think is helpful. So emotions being happy, sad, angry, hurt, those kinds of things. Feelings being having a feeling of inspiration, feeling of wonder, a feeling of openness. So you can see feelings and emotions can differ. It might be semantics to some, but to me it's it's helpful to have the distinction uh, because of being open to me is not emotion. It's not emotion. We have learned that the idea of death takes many forms. The idea of death takes many forms. It is the one idea which underlies all feelings that are not supremely happy. So just ponder that for a moment. Every time we feel emotionally bothered or upset, the underlying cause is the belief in death. It is the alarm, so the the unhappy feeling, is the alarm to which you give response of any kind that is not perfect joy. All sorrow loss, anxiety, and suffering, and pain, even a little sigh of weariness, a slight discomfort, or the merest frown, acknowledge death, and thus deny you live. So if we can just accept this as fact, that every bit of distress, every bit of disturbance, no matter how seemingly small, a slight discomfort, the merest frown, acknowledge death, affirm our belief in death. And that denies that we live, that we are eternal, that we are eternal beings of perfect love and light. You think that death is of the body, yet it is but an idea irrelevant to what is seen as physical. A thought is in the mind. It can be then applied as mind 
directs it. But its origin is where it must be changed if change occurs. Origin is where it must be changed if change occurs. So let's look at this here. So it says, its origin, this belief in death, is where it must be changed if change occurs. Okay, so now let me just take a little detour here to the very last paragraph in chapter 5 of the text, where it has what I call the parent's prayer. And it's the prayer that begins, I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. Right? Now, right before that part, it says, the first step in the undoing is to recognize that you actively decided wrongly, but can, as actively, decide otherwise. Be very firm with yourself in this and keep yourself fully aware that the undoing process which does not come from you, is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. Your part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made and give it over to the atonement in peace. So give it over to the unity of all life in peace. So that's the undoing right there. So again, its origin is where it must be changed if change occurs. So now we may not know the origin of our belief in death. But we don't have to know because the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows. But we do have to be willing to relinquish our attachment to the idea, the false idea, the idea that we are born to die and that we are not eternal, that we are not part of God. We just have to be willing to be disinterested in that, complete with that, and to recognize the unity of all life, the oneness of all life. So let's continue on here. Origin is where it must be changed if change occurs. Ideas leave not their source. We hear that thought a lot. Ideas leave not their source. So in other words, we're an idea in the mind of God. We cannot leave our source. The emphasis this course has placed on that idea is due to its centrality in our attempts to change your mind about yourself. I always love when it says our, our attempts, like, okay, Jesus, <laughs> who's there? Who's the our? <laughs> it is the reason you can heal. It is the cause of healing. It is why you cannot die. Its truth established you as one with God. So ideas leave not their source, which is why we cannot die and why we are one with God. So our acceptance of the atonement is all that's required. Accept it for ourselves. And we don't even have to understand it. We just have to be willing to say, I am willing to really remember and know that there's one life, one power, one presence, and it's the life of God that I am living. I cannot die because I am eternal. It's so powerful to be willing to just remember and recognize this and live from it, to live from that space. Death is a thought that you are separate from your creator. So I find that when I recognize I'm believing something that's not true, I tell it the truth. So what I would, when I would notice I was believing in death, in separation, 
and that I wasn't eternal, wasn't unlimited, then I would say to myself, I am eternal, I am infinite, therefore I cannot die. The body can die, but I am not a body. I have a body, I am not a body. I am infinite, pure intelligence. Death is a thought that you are separate from your creator. It is the belief conditions change, emotions alternate because of causes you cannot control, you did not make, and you can never change. It is the fixed belief ideas can leave their source and take on qualities the source does not contain, becoming different from their own origin apart from it in kind as well as distance and time and form. So, for instance, for me, I was convinced that I was a bad person, that I probably was evil, that I was fundamentally bad and unlovable and wrong. It could never be true because I'm part of God and these things are not true about God. They can't be true about me if they're not true about God. I told myself, God knows how many times, I don't remember, but so many times it can't be true because it's not true of God. It can't be true because it's not true of everyone. So we are not born to die. We are eternal. And... We might not want to accept that if we feel like we're eternally unlovable or unworthy, right? Death cannot come from life. Ideas remain united to their source. They can extend all that their source contains. In that, they can go far beyond themselves, but they cannot give birth to what was never given them. As they are made, so will their making be. As they were born, so will they then give birth. And where they come from, they will return. There they will return. There will they return. The mind can think it sleeps, but that is all. So the mind can think it sleeps. The mind can think it dies. But that doesn't make it so. We can believe all kinds of things, but that does not make it so. And what we see showing up in the world of form doesn't make it so either. The mind can think it sleeps, but that is all. It cannot change what is its waking state. It cannot make a body nor abide within a body. What is alien to the mind does not exist because it has no source. For mind creates all things that are and cannot give them attributes it lacks nor change its own eternal mindful state. It cannot make the physical. What seems to die is but the sign of mind asleep. The opposite of life can only be another form of life. As such, it can be reconciled with what created it because it is not opposite in truth. Its form may change. It may appear to be what it is not. Yet mind is mind, awake or sleeping. It is not its opposite in anything created nor in what seems to make when it, nor what it seems to make when it believes it sleeps. So important. Just like if we're a a murderer in our dreams, we're not a murderer in this life. If we are a murderer in this life, it's still not our eternal nature. So this, to me, is so helpful in waking up because it's all about valuing the truth. Jesus tells us we don't value the truth enough. Here is a way, a mechanism to help us value the truth. 
And it works. It really worked for me. It just helped me to keep going back to valuing the truth. And that helped me substantially to wake up. Hey, I want to mention that uh, one of the things for me was a big issue for years was resistance and reluctance. I just saw myself resisting following my intuition, following the inspiration, hesitating because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't think I had what it took. And it was really painful for me to watch myself be so resistant and so reluctant. Oh my gosh, it really, ugh. And so I prayed for years to give all the resistance and the reluctance up. And I have to say that it worked for me. And now I teach a workshop on how to let go of the resistance and reluctance pretty fast. And I am doing that on Sunday, February 11th. Sunday, February 11th. And I am inviting you to check it out, all the details at jenniferhadley.com. So it's called Eliminate Your Resistance and Reluctance. It's a three-hour workshop on Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) And speaking of Sunday, we have Sundays with Spirit every Sunday. Come and join us for music and spiritual celebration. Time for me to take a break. I won't be long. Uh, You're listening to A Course in Miracles with me, Jennifer Hatton. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. All right, so uh, I'm just going to make a a short announcement before I get back to the lesson here, and that is that uh, we just started, we had the first class for the quantum counseling, and the next class is not for a couple weeks, end of February, and if I do say so myself, it was awesome, it was awesome, and The whole series is 16 A Course in Miracles teachers, including Gary Renard and Alan Cohen, Lisa Natoli, Bill Free, uh, Corinne Zupko, 16 Course in Miracles teachers, including myself, and John Lundy, uh, David Fishman, so many good ones. And we are talking about working at the level of the mind as counselors. So each and every person that I ask to participate in this program and teach a class, we have classes all the way to the beginning of December, one or two classes a month. Everything's recorded. Everything's transcribed. And we are really looking at the nitty gritty of working at the level of the mind. So it's not just teaching a course, teaching a course, it's really how do we So I've been counseling people for more than two decades, and I have been teaching counselors for a decade. So, uh, and of course, John Mundy, David Fishman, Alan Cohen, we've been doing this for a long, long time, and we have learned so much. And to be able to talk about it in this really focused way, super exciting for me. I am really excited about this series. I'm excited about participating in it and hearing what all the other teachers have to say. So everybody's doing one class, but me, I did the first one. I'm doing the last one. And of course, all the videos, all the replays will be available, etc. And I, I'm going to put out in an email some samples from the first class, but I encourage you, if you are interested in a deep dive of working at the level of the mind, then check out this program. It's called Quantum Counseling. And in fact, I'm renaming my counseling training program to Quantum Counseling because I realized that's what we're doing here. We're doing quantum work. 
at the level of the mind. And that's why people heal so quickly working in this way. I mean, I've, I've worked with people who've been to therapy for years. And we have a bunch of therapists who are taking this program, life coaches and things like that. I've worked with people who have been in therapy for three, four, five years and still struggling with the original thing that they went to therapy for. But in one session, we can have a breakthrough, a true, powerful, lasting breakthrough. So if this is the kind of thing that interests you, you know, it's not for everybody, but I have been fascinated about why people think what they think, why they do what they do. Just really been interested in the human experience at the level of the mind since I can remember, since I was a teenager. So for me, this is really, really exciting to be able to put this together and to offer it. Thank you, Spirit. You give me the best ideas. What do I need my own ideas for? Let me just do yours. They are so great. So you can still join us at any point if you're interested in this series. So if you're not on my email list, you can go and sign up, jenniferhadley.com. And we are also getting ready to launch our new website, which is powerofloveministry.net.net, powerofloveministry.net. Okay, let me get back to the lesson here of eternal life. So let's see, what paragraph are we here? God creates only mind awake. God does not sleep. And God's creations cannot share what God gives not. Nor make conditions in which God does not share with them. The thought of death is not the opposite to thoughts of life. Forever unopposed by opposites of any kind... The thoughts of God remain forever changeless, with the power to extend forever changelessly, but yet within themselves, for they are everywhere. This is so valuable to understand. So the mind of God does not sleep. Our mind is the mind of God. It does not sleep. And... We can only share truth. We can only extend that which is real. What is real? Our eternal nature, sometimes referred to as the kingdom, uh, it, it, it is what we can share. So the kingdom is the spiritual qualities of God, which are also the truth. And in the quantum counseling class that I did, uh, the first class in the kickoff, I was talking about how if you look at sunlight, it is a full spectrum light. It contains all the rays, all the colors. If you look at full spectrum light refracted through rain or through a prism, then you can see the rainbow of colors and, you know, you like a rainbow, you see the purple, the blue, the green, the yellow, the red, all of that. Uh, but still, full spectrum light, which is the light from the sun, which is the natural light, the real light in our world, uh, it contains all those wavelengths of light that are those different colors. So just as that is true in this world... We are like that rainbow. We are the fullness of God's love. Teach only love, for that is what you are. We are the fullness of God's nature, which is love. And love contains all the different aspects of God's nature. So those are the what I think of as the spiritual qualities. That is the training I have from the science of mind training with Ernest Holmes. 
So the spiritual qualities are eternal. They are infinite. They are unchanging. They are always available. And I think of them as the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom within and all else will be added unto you. So when we recognize that the spiritual qualities of God's infinite nature, of the aspects of love, are our inheritance, they are the kingdom within, if we feel like we're lacking something, we can simply express the kingdom within and experience it in this world. So for instance... Love contains the spiritual qualities of peace, harmony, creativity, wisdom, clarity, beauty, wholeness, freedom, joy, and more. Just like that white light, the full-spectrum light, contains the purple, the green, the orange, the red, the yellow. Same thing. One of the reasons why it lifts our heart so much to see a rainbow, I think, is because it reminds us that we contain this spectrum of spiritual qualities, if you will. That's my take on things. I've never heard anybody else say that. But to me, understanding this, knowing this, that all of the spiritual qualities are part of my very nature because they are part of God's nature. They have to be part of me because ideas leave not their source. Death is the thought that you are separate from your creator. It is the belief that conditions change, emotions alternate because of causes you cannot control you did not make, and you can never change. It is the fixed belief ideas can leave their source and take on qualities the source does not contain, becoming different from their own origin, apart from it in kind as well as distance, time, and form. So we have this belief, because we believe in death, we also believe that we can become evil, which I certainly believed that about myself, that there was something wrong with me, that I was bad, that I was um, fundamentally not good. And it's not true. I finally realized, and as I was saying in the quantum counseling class uh, yesterday, uh, that working with my clients was so incredibly helpful to me because every time I sat with a client, I had a commitment to see their perfection, to see their wholeness, to see their beauty, their magnificence, that they had access to wisdom, that they had access to clarity and creativity and joy and freedom and all the spiritual qualities. It, it is my job as a spiritual practitioner. I took a vow, which I take very seriously, to see the truth about my client and in seeing the truth about my client, sitting with them, there's a synergy that happens in the two or more gathered in the name and the nature of love, in the name and the nature of the Christ, that is powerful and it is healing. I don't make it happen, but I recognize it is happening. Not in the future, but now. Because God is always now. Always, always now. Death cannot come from life, it says. Ideas remain united to their source. They can extend all that their source contains. In that, they can go far beyond themselves. So we can extend peace and joy and freedom and love and harmony to all humanity. I was in a, a meeting the other day with some other spiritual teachers and people were talking about, oh, they'd like to have this many students, they'd like to have this influence. And I said, I'd like to reach everyone, everyone on this planet. 
And I know that I can and I know that I do. Because my mind is the mind of God and there is no separation. So my intention every day is to reach all humanity and I do. And this I know. And so my fulfillment in my life, in my work, in my being comes from that. I do think the greatest joy comes in being of service in this way, recognizing that my mind is the mind of God and everything that I hold in my mind is something that I am offering in the name of God, as God, with God, for God. And that makes every aspect of my life fulfilling and worthwhile. So we can extend all that our source contains. In that we can go far beyond ourselves. Yeah. And we do. And this is important for us to realize this. Instead of complaining about the world, you know, seek not to complain about the world, but to change your mind about the world and hold the world correctly in your mind. Be a healing presence. This is the opportunity that we have. I am here only to be truly helpful. This is what being truly helpful is. So we reach a turning point, a tipping point, where we simply no longer interested in spouting negativity, complaining. It's just no longer a vibrational match. It says here, but they cannot give birth to what was never given them. As they are made, so will their making be. As they were born, so will they then give birth. And where they come from, there they will return. The mind can think it sleeps, but that is all. Can think, you know, we can think we sleep, we can think we die, but that is all. It cannot change what is its waking state. It cannot make a body nor abide within a body. What is alien to the mind does not exist because it has no source. So I have a body. I am not a body. I don't live in a body. I don't abide within a body. It's just, we, we need to think of the body like an avatar. Think of the movies that are out now, like Avatar, the series. Uh, I didn't see the second one. Uh, by James Cameron. I, I'm not into a lot of fighting stuff usually. Um, uh, but Avatar is very much about this. Matrix is about this. Um, and uh, Ready Player One. If you haven't seen that Spielberg, Spielberg movie from a few years ago, I think it's really worth watching from A Course in Miracles perspective. Ready Player One. And you'll, if you don't already know what I mean by avatar, that's, that's what I mean. So the body is an avatar, but it's not who we are. So it represents us in this world, but it's not who we are or what we are. It's no part of us. It is a symbol that represents a very limited expression of our being in this world. So it has to stay in this world because it's just a symbol to use in this world. We can't die. We are eternal as our creator is eternal. The opposite of life can only be another form of life. As such, it can be reconciled with what created it because it is not opposite in truth. Its form may change. It may appear to be what it is not. Yet mind is mind, awake or sleeping. It is not its opposite in anything created nor in what it seems to make when it believes it sleeps. 
So as a spiritual counselor, because this is something I was talking about in the class yesterday too, it is our job to see our clients as perfect, whole, complete. That is our nature. And there's no opposite. So I used to believe that I was evil, that I was bad, that there was something wrong with me. Those were beliefs. They could never actually be true. Even if I was behaving in a demented way, even if my personality was highly dysfunctional, which it used to be, even those those things can be experienced, it is not our nature and it is not the truth of our being. So if you look at anybody in this world, like Vladimir Putin, someone who is murderous, someone who is uh, so self-concerned, if you look at uh, anyone who behaves in an unloving way and seems to lead a very destructive and unloving life. It is still not their nature and it's not who they are. It's uh, something that is experienced in the dream. It's not real. Mind is mind, awake or sleeping. It is not its opposite in anything created, nor in what it seems to make when it believes it sleeps. God creates only mind awake. God does not sleep, and God's creations cannot share what God gives not, nor make conditions which God does not share with them. So we can't actually become evil. Our, our mind and our personality can become distorted, but it's not who we are. It's not our essence. It's not real. It's not true. The thought of death is not the opposite to thoughts of life because life has no opposite because God is life. God is love. Love has no opposite. Life has no opposite. But there is the appearance of an opposite. But there's not actually an opposite. Remember, that's a thing. Things appear in illusions that are not real and not true. So that's why it seems like opposite day every day in our human experience when we are believing in separation. As soon as we stop believing in separation, then we can see, oh, that's opposite. It's not true. For instance, um, the belief in death is a false belief. It's opposite. The thought of death is not the opposite to thoughts of life. Forever unopposed by opposites of any kind, the thoughts of God, with a capital T, thoughts of God, remain forever changeless with the power to extend forever changelessly, but yet within themselves, for they are everywhere. God is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, and so are we. I am part of God, therefore everything is a part of me. Can you see how the truth sets us free? How it liberates us from the false? Oh my goodness. What seems to be the opposite of life is merely sleeping. When the mind elects to be what it is not and to assume an alien power, which it does not have, a foreign state it cannot enter or a false condition not within its source, it merely seems to go to sleep a while. Now, I can tell you in my life when I believed that I was bad and wrong and evil and separate and all that stuff, my mind seemed to sleep and I was in a nightmare of an insanity of unworthiness, shamefulness, hatred, self-hatred. And all of it projected onto the world. So I was in a constant state of attack, defend, attack, defend. All of that thinking 
was false. None of it was real. And so I was asleep to my true reality. I was not awake. Now my mind is peaceful, harmonious, constructive, creative, helpful, almost all the time, and I feel awake. I feel that I'm in tune with reality with a capital R. So that's my personal experience of what is being written about here. When the mind elects to be what it is not and to assume an alien power which it does not have, a power state it cannot enter or a false condition not within its source, it merely seems to go to sleep a while. It dreams of time, an interval in which seems to happen, in what seems to happen, never has occurred. The changes wrought are substanceless and all events are nowhere. When the mind awakes, it but continues as it always was. So, for instance, all the mean, spiteful things that I did before when I was in my living nightmare, now I don't feel bothered by it. I don't feel ashamed of it. I don't regret any of it. It, to me, does not feel real. What feels real is the love that I am expressing now. And the, the love, the joy, the peace, the harmony, the wisdom, the creativity that I'm extending to all humanity every day. That's what feels real to me now. When the mind awakes, it but continues as it always was. All of that feels like a fever dream now, and I've totally forgiven myself for all of that experience. I was lost in a nightmare. I don't feel guilt about any of it because it it feels like it was wiped clean. And if we go back again to the end of chapter 5, where it says that beautiful prayer, that and the Holy Spirit will respond to our slightest invitation. Here's the prayer. I must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace, and I made the decision myself, but I can also decide otherwise. I want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I will let him, and I choose to let him by allowing him to decide for God for me. That's what I did. It worked for me. So I don't look back and think about the past anymore. I feel free. And that is an amazing thing. There is no death. Oh my gosh. Let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and thankful that our life is the life of God. Our mind is the mind of God now and forever. And we share the benefits with everyone. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah.